Uh, look at John 14. Turn over there. We're going to continue our series about the helper. Everybody say the helper. helper. Talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So John 14, let's turn over there. We'll get started in a moment. You know, I thought it would be fitting to talk about the helper today. We've been continuing this series, so there's no reason to stop just because it's Mother's Day. Because really, let's be honest today, other than the Holy Spirit, the biggest helper you have in your life is your mama. Come on now, somebody. Say amen. And your grandmama. They're the biggest helper. Even when you don't want help. Come on now. They try to give you help. So I, only, I thought it was fitting that we shouldn't switch subjects because the biggest helper you got other than the Holy Spirit is your mama. Can I get amen? amen. So John 14 in verse 16. This is all red letters, so Jesus is speaking this. Very important. I will pray that the Father, he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. And the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now let's look over at John 16, chapter 16. And we're going to start in verse 5. Now I encourage you guys to read in your own personal time John 14, 15, and 16 because Jesus has a lot to say about the Holy Spirit in all three of these chapters. So uh, just in your personal time, not during the message, preferably. Um, but when you have time, read through these chapters. And because there's more than what we can even talk about here on a Sunday morning. So John 16, in verse 5, it says, But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I said these things... Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is a very important verse. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Let's jump down to verse 13. It says, however, when he, notice because the spirit is a person. It says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will speak of, not of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All the things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Can I get amen? Amen. amen. So uh, we're going to be talking today about the divine advantage. Everybody say, the divine Advantage. The divine advantage. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. The divine advantage. So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost for the real Pentecostals. But the Holy Spirit. On Sunday mornings, we've been talking about the importance of the Holy Spirit in your life. The reason a lot of people don't receive a relationship with the Holy Spirit is because there's not been right teaching on the Holy Spirit. There's been misunderstanding. There's been fear. There's been intimidation. And I encourage you, if you haven't been here on Sunday morning, you can go to our website anytime you want, listen to it for free, doesn't cost you anything, and get caught up on some of these messages. Or maybe you have people in your life that have bashed you or uh, talked bad about you because they didn't know what you really believe about the Holy Spirit, and maybe they misunderstood some things. You could give a message like that to somebody who doesn't know about the Holy Spirit because there's been misunderstanding. And so we're going to talk today about the Holy Spirit, His importance in your life, and that He is the divine advantage that God has given us. The Holy Spirit is the divine advantage that God has given us. Now let's read in John 16 again. John 16. John 16 and verse 5. Let's read this again. Jesus says, Now I go away to Him who sent me, and none of you ask me, Where are you going? But because I've said these things, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, everybody say advantage, advantage. that I go away. 
For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, we mentioned this in the first couple weeks of the helper series. But let's go over it again. Now, you've got to understand, Jesus is God. And Jesus was here in physical form for 33 years. And his, he was with his disciples doing his ministry for three years. Now, all these disciples are with Jesus. And Jesus is talking about how he's the king of the world and how he's going to take over and how everything's going to be right. And so his disciples are planning on this happening. And, and all 12 of these disciples are going to be the leaders of this new world. But then Jesus, we know, is going to the cross. He's not going to a throne. He's going to a cross. And so his disciples are wondering, what is going on here? You were telling me that everything's going to change, everything's going to be different, but it was a different way than the disciples thought was going to happen. And Jesus is going to a cross to die for our sins. Jesus is going to die. And so you can imagine all the disciples are freaking out because they are basing their whole life on Jesus and what Jesus is going to do, and he's saying, I have to go to the cross to die. You would be a little bit ticked. You would be a little bit frustrated right then too if you were Jesus' disciples. The guy that you were following for all these years says, I have to go to the cross and I have to die. And how many know they didn't have the rest of the Bible to know the rest of the story right then? They didn't know what was going to happen three days later. They didn't know about the resurrection. They didn't know about the birth of the church. All they knew of was Jesus says, I have to go to the cross and I have to die. So we would all be very paranoid right then. Why are you going to leave us? Why are you going to go away? We don't want you to go away. We've been basing our life on you. These guys gave up their jobs, their lives, their families, their careers, everything to follow Jesus. And now the guy that you said that you've been following says, I got to go. I'm going to die. You would be very upset right then. And so his disciples, it says, sorrow has filled your heart. They were upset. They were concerned. They were worried. But Jesus explains to them what's going to happen. He says, if I don't go away, I cannot send you the helper. If I don't go away, I can't send you the helper. And it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I depart, then I can send him to you. Are you following me this morning? Now, why is it to your advantage that Jesus died on the cross, went up to heaven, and now he's no longer here in physical form? We shared this the first couple weeks of the helper. It's to our advantage because when Jesus was on the earth, he was only at one place at one time because he was one person. And if you wanted to physically be around the presence of God, around the presence of Jesus, you would have to fly over to the Middle East, go to Israel, and find Jesus if you wanted to be in God's presence. If you wanted to be healed, you're going to have to find Jesus wherever he is and be in his presence. But notice, Jesus could only be at one place at one time because he was walking as a man. But notice, when he left... It's to our advantage because he sent the Spirit. And the Spirit can be everywhere at the same time. It says the Spirit of God, he's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere present. Everywhere you go on the planet today, you cannot outrun the presence of God. Because when you get there, God's presence will be there. Because the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. But when Jesus was just here physically, he could only be here one place at one time. And so it's to our advantage that the Spirit has come and He doesn't just dwell with us. It says that Jesus was Emmanuel. That means God with us. But the Holy Spirit is God in us. That's a difference. Because if He's with us, that means He can leave us. Or we can leave Him. But since the Holy Spirit came, the Spirit came and He is God in us. I love this. Brother Hagin said this about people that are uh, believers in Jesus, he said that believers need to be more God-inside-minded. As a believer in Jesus, you need to be more God-inside-minded. What does that mean? It means that God is not just in heaven. God is not just on the planet somewhere. God is not in outer space. God is not a far away from you. If you are saved and you have received Jesus into your heart, That means the Spirit of God, God Himself, 
dwells on the inside of you. I'm preaching better than you're saying anything this morning. Come on now. You can respond even with a hat on. It'll be okay. Let your mother know how you really are in church. Go ahead. And we see that the Holy Spirit is God inside. And a lot of times, even believers, we act like we're hopeless and we're helpless and we're desperate. And God, I need you to come fix something. God, I need you to come help me. He sent the helper and the helper is on the inside of you 24-7. Everywhere you go, whatever you do, the Spirit of God is never leaving you. And if we only realize that, that we don't have to search for help somewhere else, the help is on the inside of us. And so we have God inside. And we need to be God inside minded, not looking for God to come from heaven and do something. Heaven's on the inside of us. The helper's on the inside of us. God, by his spirit, is on the inside of us. That's why it's to our advantage that he went away. And so we see that the disciples didn't understand it because they didn't have the whole Bible right then. They didn't have the New Testament. They didn't have people that could teach them about this. But we do, and now we understand what he was saying. He said, if I stay here, I can only do so much. But when I send the Spirit of God, then I can do so much more because he will be not just in one location, he will be everywhere because he's God and he's omnipresent. So the Spirit of God is not just God with us, he's God in us. Now, why couldn't the disciples have that? Because they were sin, sinful human beings. They were a sinful mankind. And the Spirit of God cannot come in an unclean vessel. That's why Jesus had to die for the Spirit to come. The Spirit of God could not just come on the inside of anybody because sin and the holiness of God cannot mix. So Jesus had to die so He could cleanse us make us holy, make us righteous, so the Spirit of God would have a clean vessel to come on the inside. So that's why now we don't just have God with us. He is with us. But He's not just with us. He's in us. And it's to our advantage that He went away. We have a divine advantage, and that is the Holy Spirit of God. It's interesting. He says, I will send another one. I'm going to send somebody who's the same as me. I'm going to send the same person as me. No less, the Father, the Spirit, and the Son are one. So it's not a downgrade when the Holy Spirit left. He said it's the same. I'm not going to send you somebody different. It's going to be my Spirit, and they're the same. We need to understand that. You didn't get a downgrade because the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are all one. They are are all equally God. And so he's telling his disciples, I'm not going to leave you somebody who's not as good as I was. I'm going to leave you the same kind as I am. That's going to do the same things for you that I was doing with you physically in my physical presence He's going to do it by the Spirit. Now, it is going to be different because He's invisible. You can't see a Spirit. But He's going to do the same things that I've done for you. It's all right if we teach on a Sunday morning, isn't it? Now, let's look over at John 14 in verse 26. John 14, 26. And actually, could you put that verse up? Thank you. Man, you're quick. Okay. So... John 14, 26. Now, I want to read this from the Amplified so you can see it. Because the Holy Spirit is our helper. And the Holy Spirit is our divine advantage. Well, how is he our divine advantage? How does he give us a divine advantage? Well, I'm going to just share some of the things that he is. And it brings it out in the Amplified. Now, I mentioned this before, but the Bible was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Now, those languages are far more advanced than the English language. Sorry to burst your bubble, but English is not the most sophisticated language on the universe. Compared to Greek, it sounds pretty dumb in Hebrew. So in the Greek, when they use a word, it's not just usually one meaning. There's usually several meanings to Greek words. 
Because Greek is far more advanced than the English language. So we see that in John 14, 26, let me read it to you what it says. It says, notice, but the comforter, see that's a different word being used for the helper. This is all in that same word for the Holy Spirit. Listen what he does for you. But the comforter, the counselor, the helper, these are all things that the Holy Spirit does for you. Your intercessor, your advocate, your strengthener, your standby, the Holy Spirit. He does all those things for you. It's amazing what in the original language it brings out. It's not just helper. That's awesome. But what specifically does he do? He comforts you when nothing else can comfort you. And not your haagen and your Snuggie cannot comfort you this good. The Holy Spirit can comfort you when you need comfort. He can counsel you when you don't know what to do. He can help you when you can't help yourself. He can intercede. Notice he can pray things out of you that you don't know, even know how to pray. It says he's your advocate. That means he stands and defends you. He's your strengthener when you don't have any more strength, and he's your standby. And standby is not just I'm waiting around being a bystander. It's standing by to help. Standing by and ready to do something, not just standing by. No, the Spirit of God is standing by to help us because he's our divine advantage. You guys getting something this morning? It says, The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, notice, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things, and he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And so we see that the Holy Spirit is your divine advantage He doesn't just simply help you, but more specifically, he does all those things and more. We're going to talk about a couple of these things today. Can we do that? I love this. Some even translations add, he's your encourager. So there's another one. Something to think about is this. I challenge you in the next seven days, because there's seven of these things counting encourager. Meditate on one of these things every day for the next seven days about who the Holy Spirit is to you. Meditate about he's your comforter, your counselor, your helper, your intercessor, your advocate, your strengthener, your standby, and your encourager. Every day, take one of those things and think about it. Pray about it. Talk to God about it. Those are all things that the Holy Spirit is to us. That's why he's our divine advantage. We're not in this thing alone. We're not in this planet alone. We're not by ourselves. He didn't leave us here to just fend for ourselves and just try to make it on this earth. But we have a divine advantage who is our helper. So let's talk about some of these things. First of all, let's talk about he is your counselor. The Holy Spirit is your counselor. The Holy Spirit is your counselor. Now let's look at John 16 and verse 13. John 16 and verse 13. And if you didn't get it, you know, you could just look that verse up in the Amplified Bible. John 14, verse 26. So we're going to talk first about the Holy Spirit is your counselor. The Holy Spirit is your counselor. Now let's explain this. How is he your counselor? What says in John 13, or John 16, verse 13, However, when he, because he's a person... The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak to you. And he will tell you things to come. The spirit of God will tell you things to come. Now let's look at John 14 and verse 26 again. John 14, 26. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will, notice, teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things I have said to you. So we see here 
two different times, and we're not going to turn over there this morning, but in 1 John it says the same thing. It says the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, and He will lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things, and He will lead you into all truth. Now, the Holy Spirit is your counselor. Now, how is he your counselor? And I just mentioned this on Thursday at the quarry because we have a lot of college graduates. And there's a lot of counselors that want to tell them what the will of God is for their life, and they don't know. Come on now, somebody. There's a lot of counselors around that want to tell you what you should do. Listen, if I listened to a counselor, I'd be like a radio broadcast host or something like that. They would never say ministry. And I I don't got anything wrong with counselors. Counselors are good if they're godly. But we have a lot of people that go to counselors, whether that's college counselors, high school counselors, marriage counselors, addiction counselors. All these different counselors, there's nothing wrong with that if they're godly people. But ultimately, the Holy Spirit is your counselor. And you would save a lot of money if you stopped talking to people about your problems. Where are you at this morning? And started talking to the Spirit about your problems. Because those people can give you godly advice and godly wisdom, but at the end of the day, they are not the Spirit of God. And they don't know all the answers for your life. They don't know the perfect will of God for your life. They don't know the exact perfect answer to the perfect will of God in your life. They don't know that. God bless them, especially, I said, if they're godly people and they're giving you godly wisdom, listen to them. But at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit should be your number one counselor. How many times, myself included, when we have problems, we don't talk to God about it. We talk to each other about it. I knew it would get quiet on that. And you know what? That never helps anybody talking to each other about your problems. Usually, at the end of the conversation, you feel worse, and you made the other person feel worse. Because you just dumped all your problems on them. And they're not God, so they're unable to carry the weight of your problems. In the same way, you're unable to carry the weight of your problems. Because you weren't designed to carry your own weight. You weren't designed to carry your own burden. You weren't designed to carry that care. The Spirit of God was designed for that. That's why it says, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. And so the Holy Spirit should be our counselor. That's one of the characteristics or attributes of the Spirit of God. He wants to be your counselor in every situation, in every circumstance. Now, why do we go to counselors? We go to counselors for direction. We go to counselors for advice. We go to counselors for guidance. Just ask yourself personally, you don't have to say anything, but how many times do we go to the Spirit of God first for direction, for guidance, for answers? How many times do we go to Him first? I'd say, to be honest, in my own life, a lot of times I don't go to Him first. Well, I guess I'm the only one that's going to be honest this morning. (laughs) Why do we do that when He knows better than us? He knows better than our natural counselors. He knows better than our parents. He knows better than our grandparents. He knows better than our husband or wife. He knows better than our friends. God bless them if they're giving us godly advice, but at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit's the only one who really knows what you should do. So the Holy Spirit is our counselor. He gives us direction, advice, and guidance. Something about the Holy Spirit is... He's not like the enemy because the enemy will try to force you to do things, but the Holy Spirit leads you. He's a gentleman. If you don't want his advice, he's not going to speak up. Or we could say this, if he's talked to you about something in your life for a long period of time and you still don't do it, he's going to stop bringing it up eventually. Because he is a gentleman. He wants to lead, lead you, not force you. That's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to force you to make a decision. The enemy wants to lead you, but you have to be led. That means you have to let the Holy Spirit lead you into all truth, into all things for your life. 
So if we don't ask the counselor, majority of times he's not going to speak up. Now, for, for younger believers, sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak up. But if you've been in the things of God for a while, he's not going to keep butting in if you don't want his advice. If you don't want his guidance. If you don't want his direction. We have to let him lead us into all truth. Because he wants to be your counselor. Now, I'm just throwing this out here. I know I'm 28 years old. Since the Holy Spirit is God, that means he's omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. Since he's God, he knows everything about everything. Common sense. I'm just going to throw this out here. Maybe just... You correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't know everything. He does know everything. I don't know what I should do for my future. He does know what I should do for my future. Common sense would say my brain hasn't been functioning long enough to know what I should do with my life. And nobody else does. So I'm going to ask the person who knows everything about everything about my life. Because he knows the exact perfect answer that I need for my life. Why? Because he's God. And God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows everything about everything. And he lives on the inside of you. But you have to let him be your counselor. And let him lead you and guide you into all truth. So it says he wants to lead you into all truth, and he wants to reveal to you all things. Now, what specifically does that mean? That doesn't mean that just because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you, you know everything about everything. But it does mean he will lead you into all things concerning you. And it does mean he will lead you into all truth concerning you. But not everybody else. That's why we got to watch what we say to other people about what they should do. Because the Holy Spirit is not letting you lead them with your own plan, with your own design. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who wants to lead us and guide us into all truth and all things concerning my life. The Holy Spirit has the answers to every question you're going to ask in your future. The Holy Spirit has guidance. He has advice. He has direction on your next steps. I love it says in John 16 verse 13 at the end. And it says, and he will even tell you things to come. Now he won't tell you everything that's going to come in your life. But he will tell you the things that you need to know about in the future. So you don't get caught off guard all the time. How many know we could avoid a lot of trouble if we're talking to him about our future? Because he knows. He's already there. And he can tell us things to come. He can tell you what's going to happen next week. He can tell you what you need to prepare for in a year. He can tell you things that are coming in your life because he wants to be your counselor. So let me encourage you. This is just one of the attributes of the Spirit of God. Let the Holy Spirit be your counselor. Talk to him about your life before you talk to somebody else. Seek his guidance. Seek his advice before you counsel with other people. Like I said, he knows everything about everything. The smart thing to do would be, let me talk to him first. Since he knows everything that I need to know. Notice pertaining to my life. He knows all truth and all things. And he wants to, notice, lead you. Into all truth. Remember that. He's going to lead you. He's not going to push you. The enemy pushes you. The enemy forces you. But the Holy Spirit wants to lead you. And you have to let him lead you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit wants to be your counselor. Number two. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. You guys still here this morning? Still glad you're here this morning. The Holy Spirit wants to be your helper. Now, how is the Holy Spirit your helper? Well, we mentioned a couple things the other week. We said he brings power. He brings love. 
He helps with that. But let me talk about this. The Holy Spirit is your helper. This word where they get this word standby, it says he's your standby, he's your helper, he's your advocate. It means to come alongside to assist. The Holy Spirit is your helper, so he comes alongside to assist. The Holy Spirit is just waiting for us so he can assist us. He's waiting for us so he can help us. Something that we need to understand in a lot of the Christian world has got it wrong. They're waiting on God so they'll do something. But God is waiting on you to do something. Notice it says the Holy Spirit's your helper. He's not your doer. He's your helper. Implying you got to give him something to help. If he's going to assist you, then you have to be actively doing something to assist. Now, Cone, come up here. Yeah. You go sit on the front row, I'm going to use you. Okay. Can you help me pick this up? Okay, on three. One, two, three. Help me pick it up. All right, on three. You ready? One, two, three. Dude, help me pick it up. You can't. Why? Because I'm not helping you. You can go sit down. You look good. Come on, let's give it up for him. He deserves a hand clap. The moral of the story is, he can't help me if I'm not going to do anything. If I brought him back up here and said, help me pick this up and I'm not going to lift this side, he doesn't have anything to work with. It's the same way with you. If you're not willing to do something, he can't help you. Now, a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that is the absolute truth. They are sitting, waiting on God to come rescue them, to come heal them, to come deliver them, to come move them forward in life, to come help them get a better job, to come help them get a better marriage. But they are not willing to do anything. And so the Holy Spirit has nothing to work with. You're not giving him anything to help because you have to do something so he can do something. Because he's called alongside, notice, to assist you in what you're called to do. So we have to do something for him to help us. Now I'm going to say some things here and I'm going to be really honest. You ready? You thought, man, you're always really honest, but especially this morning. If he's going to help you, you're going to have to do something. That means responsibility relies on you. Now, I didn't say you had to do it by yourself because you don't. You have the helper. I'm not saying you have to do it in your own strength, but he wants to know that you're willing to change. You're willing to do something. You're willing to step out. And then that's when the help comes to help you do what you're called to do. Are you listening this morning? Let me say something. If you want to get healthy, you're going to have to do something. You can't just pray, God, heal me, and then sit on the couch and eat Cheetos all day. Now, I told you, you didn't want me to, you didn't want me to say this this morning, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Because he's the helper, he's not the doer. And so we can't just keep coming up and getting hands laid on us for health and healing and wholeness, but we're not willing to live a healthy whole lifestyle. Because he can't help what you're not willing to do. You can't keep asking God, come deliver me, come do some things different, but you're still watching the same old trash. You're still listening to the same old junk music. You're still looking at the same movies that you shouldn't be watching. And then you want to get prayed for for deliverance, but you're not willing to do anything different. He can't help what you're not willing to do. Come on now, I'm preaching this morning. You have to do something so he can help you. Some of you are saying, well, I want a new job. I want a better job. I want to be more educated. Do something. Don't sit at your house quoting prosperity scriptures about, I got favor, I got blessings. And you know if you just went and got a degree, you would get a better job. Go do something. 
Because if you're not willing to do something, he can't help you. If you say, you know what, God, I want a better job, and I want to be more educated, and I want to get my degree. Guess what? When you step out to do something, that's when the help comes to assist you to do what you're called to do. Am I getting too practical for you on a Sunday morning? If you're saying, you know what, I want to be used more by God. I want to pray for people and see them get healed. I want to talk to people and them get saved. Well, it's not going to happen unless you do something. It's not going to happen unless you step out. Because until you step out, that's when the help comes. And he comes to assist. But you have to step out first. You have to do something first. Hopefully this has encouraged you today that you can stop living your life on pause. You can stop living your life waiting for God to do something when God has put everything you need on the inside of you right now. He's waiting on you. And let me plead with you this morning. He's waiting on all of you to step out and do something. Stop making excuses why you can't get educated. Stop making excuses why you can't get a better job. Stop making excuses why you can't get over that addiction. Stop making excuses why you can't get healed. Stop making excuses why you can't lose weight. Because he's called to help us, but we have to do something. And notice, as soon as we step out to do something... That's when the help comes. And he'll help you do things that you could never do in your own self-effort, in your, in your own strength. You can do things that you never imagined in your own strength, in your own ability, because the Spirit of God comes to help you. Come on, are you getting something this morning? But notice, the responsibility lies with us. I know a lot of Christian people don't want to talk about that. Because if the responsibility is with us, then that means that we're really in charge of our lives more than we realize. And then we have to be honest with ourselves. The reason we are the way we are is because of us, not God. So let me plead with you. I know you got, you got goals, you got plans, you got visions, you got things you want to do. Step out and do them. That's when the Holy Spirit comes. Stop waiting on a feeling. Stop waiting on a sensation. Stop waiting on the Spirit of God to just come overtake you and make you do something. He's not. He says, if you do something, then I'll do something. Why? Because he's your helper. Just like if I asked Cone to come up here and help me lift this and I wouldn't lift my side, he's got nothing to work with. So the Holy Spirit comes alongside as our helper, and he comes to help us do everything we're called to do. We have to do something. So he will do something. He's come alongside us, notice, as our standby, as our strengthener to assist us in what we're called to do. Hopefully you're encouraged this morning so far. I just wanted to challenge you. I'm challenging myself right now. He wants to be the helper so bad, and I can just imagine the Spirit of God must be so grieved in the lives of believers. Not just in this church, but around the world. He's so grieved because he wants to do something. He wants to help. He wants to help them do what they're called to do. But they are sitting, stagnant, dormant, not doing anything. So he has nothing to work with. And you could be honest. When you leave this place, and you're quiet, and you're listening to the Spirit of God, you know that there's so much more on the inside of you. There's bigger plans. There's bigger dreams. There's so much more to life than the where where you're living, and He's there to help you get there. He's here to be your helper. I don't know about you, but that should be the most encouraging thing you've ever heard. That you don't have to do anything in this life alone. You're never alone. You know what, even if your family is not around you right now, some of you have lost loved ones, maybe you live by yourself, maybe you feel alone sometimes, it's not true, you're not alone. Not only do you have a church family, but you have the Holy Spirit who will never leave you nor forsake you. So anytime you even feel like you're alone, you're really not because the Spirit of God's there and He wants to help you and He wants to hold you and He wants to help you do everything you're called to do. Lastly, The Holy Spirit is your divine reminder. 
John 14, 26. You guys getting something this morning on Mother's Day? The Holy Spirit is your divine reminder. He is your divine reminder. Now, it says in John 14, 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, notice, in my name, He will teach you all things, and He will bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said to you. He's there to bring to your remembrance all the things I've said to you. He is your divine reminder. It says in John 16 and verse 14, it says that he will glorify me. Notice he will take what is mine and declare it to you. How is the Holy Spirit your divine reminder? Well, most of you in here have a smartphone. I didn't say you were smart when you use your smartphone. But most of us have a smartphone, and I don't have an alarm clock. I usually set my phone. But there's something you can also do with smartphones. You can put reminders in. So tomorrow at 930, remind me to go talk to Brother Sean in the office and fire him or something like that. No, I would never do that. (laughs) Joking, joking. I would never fire him. Um, like go to his office and go bring him a coffee or something like that, a frappuccino. So let's just say I put that in there at 930. So I set that and then tomorrow at 930, it reminds me of what I should do. It reminds me of what I was thinking the day before, something that's important I need to remember. Now, I know you've probably done the same thing that I've done before. You thought you typed something in your phone to remind you of something. And then you get to the next day and nothing ever happens. There's no alerts. There's no buzzes. There's no uh, ringtone. There's nothing that happens. And then you're wondering, what's the matter with my phone? Why is my phone messed up? What can't remind you of something if you didn't put anything in it? You have to put something in the phone first if it's going to remind you of anything. And we can't get mad at the phone for not reminding you if you didn't type anything in. Now, this is a church kid scripture. This is a little detour right here. This is funny. For all the times that my mother told me to study for test, and you know me, I'm a last-minute person person, procrastinator. And we know as church kids, a lot of times we've used this scripture to try to save our behind through a test. And you get to the day of the test and you say, God, I pray that you will bring to my remembrance, make me remember all the things. And he wants to say, well, you didn't study anything, so you ain't got nothing to remember here. (laughs) He never said that to me, but that's what he implied. I'm just like, God, I'm standing on this scripture. You will bring all things to my remembrance. He's like, you never even opened your book, so there's nothing coming back. You're by yourself. It's a hopeless situation on this test. You're going to have to wing it, which I did many a times. But I still graduated. I'm sorry, parents. But notice we can't claim this verse if we don't put anything in. Just like we can't go to the test if we didn't study for it and say, God, bring to my remembrance. It sounded so humble, so sweet, so sincere. And he was just like, you haven't opened your book in five months. And you're going to ask me to bring to your remembrance. It's the same thing with the Spirit of God. We can't. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring stuff to our remembrance if we're not putting anything in us. Now, how do we put stuff in us? We get into the Word of God. That's why it's so important that you read your Bible daily because you're putting the Word of God on the inside of you. So when you need it, it will be there. 
And I don't know about you, but there's some days you read the Bible and you don't feel like you got anything out of it. But don't be moved by your feelings because even if you don't feel it, you're putting something in you that later on when you need a reminder, it's going to come back out of you. And I know, especially if you're up in Leviticus and you're struggling, you're thinking, why am I reading this right now? But then later on, that most random scripture you read, I know you can say amen, some of you in here, will come back and it will remind you of what you need at that very moment. But if you didn't put any word in, there's nothing going to come back out. If we don't put God's word in us, then he has nothing to remind us of in the future. So the Holy Spirit is your divine reminder. We have to put something in us before he can remind us of that thing when we need it. I don't know about you, but like I mentioned before, there's been many times you read your Bible and you just like, well, I'm reading my Bible. <laughs> I'm doing it. And then a week later, a month later, six months later, that scripture will come up on the inside of you when you need it the most. Where did that scripture come from? It didn't just come from your natural memory. It came from the Holy Spirit, your divine reminder. Because he knew that you would need that scripture six months down the road. So you put it on the inside of you and he reminded you of what you needed when you needed it the most. And if you haven't experienced that, you need to experience it. I don't know how many times that's happened, that a scripture will just come up. And you're thinking, that's random. That's a strange scripture for today. How does that fit? And it will fit perfectly because the Holy Spirit is your divine reminder. And it says that he will bring up, notice what is mine, Jesus, and declare it to you. The word is him. And so when you need it the most, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the word from Jesus that you need. Because he's your divine reminder. Let me tell you about something here. How is he your divine reminder? Well, he will remind you of things to encourage you. When you're discouraged, he's going to remind you of who you are in Christ. He's going to remind you when you're depressed. He's going to remind you. No, that's not you. You are an overcomer today. The joy of the Lord is your strength today. I've given you my peace today. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. He's going to remind you of that. Notice when you need it the most. Come on now, somebody. And he's your divine reminder. He's going to remind you of who you are when you sometimes forget. Because we all forget who we are sometimes. We all forget that we're sons and daughters of God. We all forget sometimes that we are victorious. We forget those things. And when we need it the most, the Holy Spirit reminds us of what God has called us to be and who we are in Christ. When you're getting off track, when you're going the wrong direction, the Holy Spirit, notice, He'll remind you of what you're called to do. I notice a lot of times when you're thinking about, well, maybe I should do this with my life, and maybe I should do that, the Holy Spirit will come right then and remind you, no, hey, hey, no, you're called to do this. Don't go this direction. Don't go that direction. Just because you feel something right now, just because people are drawing you in this direction, let the Spirit of God remind you, no, you're called to do this. You're better than this. You're greater than this. You have something on the inside of you that's stronger than this. And He will remind you of those things when nobody else will. I'm feeling better the longer I preach here. Because <laughs> the Holy Spirit is your divine reminder. If you felt it the way I felt it today, you would be shouting a little bit louder today. Because this is not just for me, this is for you. The same Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of me lives on the inside of you, and He wants to do this for you. So He wants to remind you of who you are. He wants to remind you of what God has called you to do. What about this? When you mess up, He's going to remind you about how much He loves you. He's going to remind you when you mess up that, no, it's not over. You can repent. 
you can be forgiven, and God can restore your life. Yes, you messed up. Yes, it was wrong, but God can change that. God can give you another chance because he's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy, and he loves you just as much as he loved you before you messed up. And I know there's times in our life that we need that reminder, not just from people, but from him himself. He he wants to remind you that he loves you. He wants to remind you that you are a child of God. He wants to remind you what you're called to do, who you are in Christ, and encourage you with those things. So the Holy Spirit is our divine reminder to keep us on the right plan, on the right path. But notice we have to put something in us first. Got to put it in us first. So that when we need it the most, it'll come back. And he'll remind us of what we need. And he knows the exact verse, the exact thing, when we need it the most. I remember uh, Brother Tommy Birchfield, he used to say this, put the word of God in you when you don't need it, so it will be there when you do need it. Now, we know we need it all the time, but that's what he was saying. Put the word of God in you when you don't feel like it, when you don't got goosebumps, when you're not getting revelation, when it's cold and rainy outside and you're just like, all right, I'll read one chapter. Put the word of God in you when you don't feel like it, so it will be there when you do need it. I know that has taken place more times than we can count for our family. And I know you've seen it. Things that were put in Jessica when she was little came back. Reminder. Things that were put in Jacob came back when he got in a situation. Reminder. Things that came back in, in mom and dad's life when they were going through tough trials and tests. The Holy Spirit brought back. Reminder. But notice that came back because years and years of years of putting the word of God in them, putting the word of God in them. And when they needed it the most, they had answers because the Holy Spirit reminded them of the right answer when they needed it the most. Did you guys get something this morning? So the Holy Spirit wants to remind us who we are, what we're called to do, how much he loves us. I don't know about you, but I'm encouraged about the Holy Spirit in my life right now. I'm encouraged by even just, if we just would have read that one verse in John 14, 26, and the Amplified and read what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, we could have went home after that. Because those are the things that he wants to do for us and wants to help us. So I pray that, especially in the next seven days, like I said, I want to challenge you. Take those things. Think about one every day. Meditate on one every day. Talk to the Holy Spirit every day about it. You know what? He'll he'll talk to you about it. He'll give you revelation about it. There's no way to completely say everything the Holy Spirit can do, but I think we're doing a pretty good start in this series to help stir you up about the importance that he plays in your life. Well, let's pray for a moment. Brother Daryl, could you come up and